0: Hi, Jane Knights. Welcome to today's episode, which is actually the fourth episode of the What The Austin podcast. I'm joined by Georgia from The G Word. So hi, Georgia. It's great to have you with me. Hi, Izzy. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, not too bad at all. Um, so it'll be great to find out kind of like how you got into Austin and um, to hear a little bit about your blog and your Instagram account.
1: got a blog page on Instagram called The G Word and I got into Austin. All, all down to my mum, really. My mum introduced me to my first Austen text, which was Pride and Prejudice. And that was at the age of 12, I will say. I watched the, I will admit, I did watch the film before I read the book. I know, shot horror, even to myself now. Um, But no, it was, um, it's the whole world of Austen and the use of language and how the strong protagonist in Pride and Prejudice, of course, which we will talk about Um, And with Charlotte Lucas as well, that is uh, how I got hooked in on Austin and my life has been changed since. So, yeah, that's me.
0: (laughs) No, I love that. It's so great. I love hearing like what people... Like what was their original into Austin? She's you not know I mean? like is it the book? Was it a film? Was it any adaptation? Um, so that's really great. Mm. I love that. So um today's episode we'll be discussing Charlotte Lucas from Pride and Prejudice. And um, despite being a secondary character, she has a pretty memorable storyline. Um, I'd say anyway. Mm. It starts with Mr. and ends with Collins.
1: <laughs> yes. What, what a character, let's say, out of all the Austen books, he stands out like a sore thumb, doesn't he?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I've kind of split, split some ideas up, as you know, and I thought where we could probably start is her opinions on marriage before she's actually married. So um, I have a quote here, which I think really stands out. And this is about Charlotte. Marriage had always been her object. And I think that really speaks to Charlotte's character because I put two mm. points down that I think she's both calculated and practical because um, she's got such a pragmatic view on marriage. So um, yeah, is there any kind of like main words that stick out for you and then we can kind of discuss them individually?
1: Yeah, I mean, just instantly looking from that quote, like what you just said, it really, you can a- attribute it to Charlotte so much. I think when you compare her to Elizabeth, I think they're both such strong characters. but I think for Charlotte, it's always been this threat that she that she has to marry and she can't afford to wait i think with what is her situation compared to elizabeth's marriage is what she needs but i don't think she conforms to how like how other women in the gentry class with a typical marriage of convenience i think she's very grounded compared when you compare her to jane or if you compare her especially to lydia lydia bennett i think charlotte realizes the seriousness of her situation compared to other women um that she interacts with right um, yeah so yeah. Mm. yeah I think
0: I mean I think you definitely have a more sympathetic look on Charlotte than I do not that I think she's a bad person a bad character um but um yeah I think like when I say terms like calculated I don't mean that in the harshest sense I mean it in um like for instance the um scene at the ball when she's chatting with Elizabeth and um Jane's with Mr Bingley Mm. and she makes it clear that she thinks it's important that Jane should secure him (laughs) before love like love is a secondary thought for her she's literally just like she needs to secure him as a husband then she can worry about falling in love with him after um and what's so funny about it like you were saying about Elizabeth that Elizabeth even thinks she's joking because her thoughts are like so different to Charlotte's yeah. she's like oh you'd never act that way yourself but the truth is that is Charlotte's true feelings on the matter isn't it
1: no it is and I think I think in that moment when she sees Jane with Mr Bingley it's sense that she has her own worries and she's um I think she's putting them onto other people especially because I mean with Jane is quite a reserved character, as from what you see in the novel, she doesn't outwardly go up to people, or not people, to Mister Bingley and saying "I love you," "I love you," or really over the top compared to her sister Lydia. Um, yeah. I think what it is for Charlotte, it's she's so worried about it herself that she's expressing her concerns onto others. Um. Yeah, no, that scene it is classic though because um, she has no idea and then Elizabeth is just joking alongside and she's like, no, I'm being completely serious. <laughs> see, absolutely. And I feel like that
0: only sinks in later in the book around chapter 22 um, that you see, that there's actually a line that says uh, when she's trying to kind of capture Mr. Collins as a husband now that she knows that he's after a wife is um, the book actually states such such was Miss Lucas's scheme. Like it actually calls it a scheme, like that she's actually Mm. out to catch her husband.
1: This, I think scheme, I think it all depends on the perspective of how we are now. I think if you were to say, if you were to transport Pride and Prejudice to to today's climate, if you say um, such was Miss Lucas's scheme, you'd be like, oh, she's a bit of a, I don't know, gold digger or something, or, oh, she's a bit, she needs to calm down. I think that she's I think she's just so worried, and especially at the time where marriages marriages of convenience were just the norm, and you've got Elizabeth who is not afraid she knows the threat. she knows that her dad is going to die soon, but she's she's not worried, and i think I think when you look at Charlotte, you do have to uh well you don't, you don't have to, but I sympathize with her situation because I think such as Miss Lucas's scheme. I think it's steam in the sense that she's just so determined to make sure that she's safe. She might be a bit annoying because of that. Don't get me wrong, she probably is a bit annoying to be around because of that. Yeah. I was going to
0: say, like, because I think I take like a really different view on it, because it's literally a couple of lines after that. It's the scene where she's looking out the window. She sees Mr. Collins walking down the path, and she mm. purposely goes out to accidentally, quote unquote, meet him in the path and that's actually when he ends up proposing to her but it's like she she like makes these things happen which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing like you said with the context of the time Mm. um you you are in need of a husband if you're in her position so I don't think she's like malicious or and I definitely wouldn't consider her a gold digger but I think she's definitely um practical and calculated in the way that she goes about this that Mm. she is not getting caught up on love like I think that she actually says um I'm not a romantic you know like she's yeah. she's very clear she's like love is not my priority my priority is security if I fall in love then that's just an added bonus but it's not what I'm looking for
1: <laughs> yeah and that's that was with most marriages at the time wasn't it really it was just that sense of security I mean that is is when you put them two quotes together from what you just said how she accidentally bumps into him then then it's like oh look they're engaged I mean she is kind of in the background steaming, doesn't she? Um, her situation. But I think, I think um she, I think she's just just so worried. Right. I think, I think it's just her sense of it's this sense urgency. of urgency. Yeah. Mm, completely. That yeah. she's just like, I need to find someone. Oh look, Elizabeth has rejected Collins, even though he's a complete moron. Let's go for that one. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> it's just like okay that one's not working aha uh-huh, there's a free bird I'll go after that one kind of thing so yeah bless her right, absolutely
0: <laughs> the opportunity arises and she takes it in mm. um Elizabeth doesn't take that opportunity obviously um she strives for love that's what she always says it's her main priority but we can't like push Charlotte aside for the fact that she's seen the opportunities there she knows what she wants and she's going to go and go go and get it you know she's probably quite a strong character in that sense she doesn't um like I mean to to go and get engaged to someone who's literally just proposed to your best friend in itself is quite ballsy I'd say a
1: bit ballsy yeah just not even to be like oh are you okay she's just like see yeah that one's free Mr Collins (laughs) (laughs) yes literally
0: But um, no
1: ha- no hanging around for Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: absolutely not. But I think he makes such a good point that it's so easy to compare Charlotte and Elizabeth. and I think it is set up in the novel to do that um to see their differences. I mm. think more to big Elizabeth up, but I think if you take it look at it the other way, Elizabeth in a very different situation to Charlotte in the sense that Elizabeth is 20. So you know what I mean the age yes. difference makes a significant, Point because, um, with context of the time, as you well know, um, the term spincer mm. and old maid like, I actually the the, to- the those terms themselves were actually coined in the 18th century, which just shows you how powerful they must have been at the time. Like, if a term comes out nowadays, it's like, yeah, definitely, you know, what I mean, if it's used, it's so much more powerful, which that mm. was the term of the time. So,
1: yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, um. I've got, I've got a quote here. It says, I'll read it first. It says, so in Charlotte society, if a woman was seen to be unmarried by a certain age, she was not worthy of getting a husband in all her life. And that is from Salma Hake, if I'm saying that right, which is Charlotte Lucas's practical approach to marriage. And I think from what you just said, it's the age difference. So Lizzie, like you said, is 20 and Charlotte's 27, isn't she? So yeah. she it's that, sense of she probably has about a year two years maybe um and then she has to and then she's going to be doomed so it is that real real sense of urgency when you compare her to Elizabeth who is so relaxed and so going with it and turn and so um headstrong that she's turning away suitors in the sense that she's just not interested um so yeah definitely Charlotte, like you said, has that
0: urgency that Elizabeth doesn't have. And I think although we can be like, oh yeah, Elizabeth definitely turned down Mr. Collins because none of us like him. It's like, yeah, Elizabeth's Mm -hmm. our heroine. She's younger. Charlotte is older and probably represents like the the realities of the time. There was probably more Charlotte's than there was Elizabeth's.
1: And I think Austen kind of shows that. I mean, it is definitely, um, I think Austen shows that there is the possibility to have have a relationship like Elizabeth has with Darcy but I think she also shows that this is still the reality that women like Charlotte had to accept their circumstance and make the best situation possible out of it and it's sad to see really because of how admirable Charlotte is for me personally I think she could have anyone she wants but I think what makes her so admirable, and it's what Elizabeth comes to understand, is that she, she uh, Charlotte shapes marriage to suit her. I don't think she bends to the patriarchal standards of the time of how um, a woman should be this and she should, shouldn't have an independent mind. I think Charlotte still retains that in her marriage, which I think doesn't mean that marriage constrains her. I think she's still quite liberated in it. Uh, mentally
0: that's really interesting no I totally I totally get where you're coming from and also her the alternative is pretty dire like you only have to look at characters like Miss Bates mm. from Emma um which I think Emma yeah. actually makes a really good point that there's a huge difference between remaining single and being a rich heiress than being a poor woman yeah who's single mm. and you know what I mean and even Charlotte says like she was a burden to her family like that alone is such a horrible feeling and should it's her father die it's like that should her father die mm. you, you know what i mean well we see that in sense sensibility with the dashwoods like their father dies they end up mm. in a cottage like they have to downsize dramatically it's Literally.
1: yeah <laughs> it's that it's the emphasis behind that word burden today it's not it's not really uh seen i mean for me personally i'm hoping i'm not a burden to my parents who knows <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We'll find out. Um, but it's that sense of it's that word burden. I think is so important for Charlotte's context because she really has no other choice. She does otherwise. She's going to end up as as a spinster, and she's going to be pushed out onto the fringes of society. And I think it's it's truly awful awful that that is how women were treated that past a certain age. You weren't right. seen as pleasing to the male eye. You were you were seen as old. And she's only 27. I know, like, it's
0: crazy. I literally saw this mm-hmm. quote and it said that um, at the time, women were no longer considered victims after they reached a certain age, that they were actually to blame for not being able to catch a mm-hmm. husband. Like it was like, it was your fault. You weren't able to attract somebody. And I yeah. think even the society in Pride and Prejudice, like they, they already start to consider Charlotte a spinster. Like, Even Mrs Bennett Mm. says at one time, like, oh, she's basically just a Spencer now. So it's, you know what I mean? She's already, she's got these people around her already saying that. So that's an added pressure. Then on top of that, she feels a burden to her parents. I mean, you can kind of understand why when someone came along, she was like, I need to take this.
1: Yeah. Even if he is a complete pain in the ass. (laughs) Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) Numpty or not, let's go for it.
1: (laughs) But then you contrast, uh, you contrast Charlotte's situation to um, Lydia Bennett who uh, I think, if I've got this right, uh, girls could, I think from the age of 12, they could marry, but they still needed a license to marry, um, if I've got that correct. And um, I think you've got Lydia, who's completely away with the fairies, let's be honest. She's not there for her age. She's 15 years old. And next thing you know, she marries Mr. Wickham She's not aware of her situation. She has no idea what his true character is like. And it's only really revealed uh, to Elizabeth once she's told the truth for Mr. Darcy. And it's too late by and it's too late by then. But you've got Lydia and you've got Charlotte. You've got Charlotte who understands her situation. She has to marry. And then you've got Lydia who's like, oh my gosh, I'm so taken away. The scarlet coat, a military man, he'll protect me the stereotypes that come attached and she's just not there her blindness just fools her completely right absolutely like
0: on a scale Lydia's like one end and Charlotte's the other Elizabeth probably mm -hmm. falls somewhere in the middle but um, even even then like the Bennett situation is pretty bleak it's probably worse than Charlotte's families to be perfectly honest with you in Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's strange how pragmatic Charlotte is compared to like the Bennett sisters. Like you have people like Lydia Mm. in the family who are completely oblivious to the situation. Elizabeth's aware of it, but then is quick to judge Charlotte for her choice and think she's a fool. Like, do you know what I mean? It's quite strange when the realities, I think that's age. I genuinely think that's the difference in age. I don't think she's at the point where it's urgent enough for her to fully comprehend
1: her situation. No, definitely. And I think for Elizabeth, I think when she hears that Charlotte isn't engaged to be married to Mr. Collins, I think she believes that, um, it's, it's kind of, I think, personally rude how she kind of pushes her aside. And she's like, how, how can you do this to yourself? But then you've got to think, well, Elizabeth, don't you know the situation that you're in? You've got your father who's going to die soon and you you have this looming threat over you and you seem like you don't, you have no idea. And Charlotte, I think she makes marriage work for herself because she makes it, she's still independent. And I think Elizabeth believes that she's sacrificing that when she's not. I think she sees it such as a marriage. You've, I've brought to retain my independent mind. I've got to be, free my mind, but also free my body. I can do whatever I want. I can still go wherever I want. And I think as soon as she hears that Charlotte's engaged, she's like, I thought you believed in the same principles. And she does but yeah, again, it's that whole misunderstanding of the situation that she's in. Um, Definitely.
0: So yeah. No, I absolutely get that. And and Elizabeth is extremely harsh. Um, At one point, I think um, that she's just kind of recalling her thoughts and she says like, it's the most humiliating picture. Mm. Like, I mean, that's brutal. Um, Mm. Like I wrote a lot about this in the past that and the narrative is so close to elizabeth's thoughts that the narrative itself almost rejects charlotte like it seems to brush her aside like charlotte yeah. took a pragmatic approach this is a romantic novel so charlotte's kind of pushed pushed to one side after that it's like okay we've got rid of the reality side of things now let's look yeah. at the fantasy side so obviously people marrying above their station wasn't was like did happen it's not like unbelievable mm. but the point is like i said before there is there would have be more charlottes than there was elizabeths No, definitely. Elizabeth's pretty harsh. Um, Mr Bennett's really harsh as well. He calls her a fool at one point. He was like...
1: (laughs) When I first read Pride and Prejudice and I saw that, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, stand down. I think that's a step too far. To call her a fool, even though she's looked at her situation rationally, she's marrying someone, she's actually understanding what she's doing compared to your daughter later on with Lydia like I don't think he has any right to call her that really
0: right absolutely not and I think with time Mr Bennett does reflect on his like thoughts about these things but and so does Elizabeth because at the Mm. end um although she doesn't necessarily um still fully accept it I think she because she learns to understand her situation and she actually says like um all in all it's probably a good match um so I I appreciate that that obviously Um, I mean, they're never, never as close again, which is interesting. I think that Elizabeth Mm. was too convinced that Charlotte's um, views on things were um, like hers. And I think the fact that they differed in what they're willing to marry for, um, Mm. kind of put a bit of a damper on their relationship. And then um, I think how easily Charlotte fit into her life, the fact that she has her own house now. um, She's got a pretty good standing in society because Mr. Collins, like in terms of of societal standing, isn't in a bad position. You know what I mean? Being a Mm. rector's wife is is actually okay. And he's um, obviously got close connections with Lady Catherine. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's not in the grand scheme, obviously Mr. Collins is a bad match, but Mr. Collins in terms of him in a broad sense isn't a bad match. It's a bad match.
1: Yeah. He, he might be weird with his potatoes, but you know what? You just gotta <laughs> accept it.
0: At least you know he'll always compliment your potatoes.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> he'll always be a harsh critic, Charlotte. So you gotta make sure you get your potatoes right. Otherwise you're in deep water. <laughs> Hilarious.
0: So I think we should probably like open more up about this, um, the independence mm. like you were saying. Um and I think she does have a lot of independence for in the sense that she makes him stay in the garden so often.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, it's the quote from the book when it's... Uh, so Elizabeth goes to see Charlotte after she's uh, married Mr. Collins and Elizabeth states, uh, when Mr. Collins could be forgotten, there was, a re- there was really a great air uh, of comfort throughout and by Charlotte's evident enjoyment of it, Elizabeth supposed he must be often forgotten. <laughs> so... <laughs> She's shaped it. She's just been like, yeah, this is my space. You'll stay outside. And she she shapes it to suit what she needs. And I think Austin shows that. I think marriage doesn't have to be a woman, goes into the home and she has to be this and doing that and sewing this and making this and making the house look nice. I think she shows that a woman, when she's in the home, she shapes it to suit what she needs. And Charlotte is like, what I need is for him to be away from where I am <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: for him to be away and for me to run my own home like I yeah. think that's yeah it is this such a like a strength there which I really appreciate mm. in her um because like I said I mean I'm not always that sympathetic to Charlotte um and I don't know if that's just maybe I'm too much of a romantic to fully comprehend Charlotte's situation and appreciate her as a character mm. but um I do think she makes it her own And she just she's like, Mm. maybe this isn't the best situation, but I'm going to make it a good situation for
1: me, which I I think that's worth
0: appreciating.
1: Definitely. But I think I can completely agree with you because I didn't really understand Charlotte's situation until I have spent a good part of my dissertation analysing Charlotte's situation. Because before you read it and you really only focus on Elizabeth, Mr. Darcy and Jane and Mr. Bingley, and anything else that happens in between is like, oh, oh, wow. And then, okay, back to Elizabeth now or back to this. But it wasn't until you understand the context of Charlotte's situation and you actually analyse uh, who she is, like the marriage convenience that we were talking about and the, th- like the threat behind being a spinster and being that burden that you actually see, okay, she's actually such an important character because and then she's trying to push this aside but she's important because she shows that marriage marriage had to had to be a woman's path but it didn't have to be the end of it it didn't have to be marriage and then you settle it was marriage and then you shape it to shape it to your life and you keep living it
0: i guess and also we've got to bear in mind Charlotte's situation as it is when the novel ends is very different than what is going to be in the future because Mr Collins mm. is um going to inherit Longbourn
1: mm. which yes. is like
0: another like massive thing and I think Mrs Bennet makes a um a bit of a snide comment about it she's like the lucases they're all out for what they can get like she thinks that Charlotte's a gold digger it's like she goes from yeah. one thing it's like Charlotte's going to be a spinster and then when Charlotte actually goes and finds a husband next thing you know she's a gold digger it's gold like didger. make
1: up your mind Miss Bennett. <laughs> exactly I mean I like Mrs Bennett can talk she's completely away with the fairies let's be honest she's <laughs> yeah. there calling people gold diggers and whatever and actually, you're like mm, look at your youngest child but anyway moving on <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> absolutely she's so quick to judge it's hilarious mm. um I think yeah. another interesting point to make is that Austin herself was in a very similar position but actually didn't she took more of Elizabeth's approach because um, she was proposed to by Harris Biggother and yeah. she accepted only to refuse him the next morning. I could totally relate to that so much. Let- I'd sleep on it and I'd be like, oh Lord, no, what am I doing?
1: <laughs> I'm such a worrier. I'd be like, yes. And then I'd be like, wait, no. Actually, yes. oh God, I don't know. It's like, I'll be like, mom, is this a good thing I should do? I'm not too sure. Yes.
0: Man. <laughs> I know, I'm such an overthinker like that. I would like, wake up the next day and I'd be like, oh,
1: and so like a hot sweat, like, Is it that Or I'd be like, um, yeah, I mean, only if you want to. I mean, I don't want to pressure you or anything, only if you're up to it. (laughs) I'll leave it in your court. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, please don't make me make the decision. I've got no idea.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. Um, So, my dissertation is really different in the sense that. um, Your dissertation is amazing. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And I think, and um, like I was saying before, how the narrative kind of pushes her aside. Charlotte is pivotal for Elizabeth to get what she wants. It's that Charlotte mm. is shows the yeah. alternative to marrying for love. Like she shows an alternative, which is marrying for money. Maybe it mm. wasn't callous like that. Maybe it wasn't, she's not like a gold digger, but she does marry for self-preservation. And um yes. yeah. in doing that, you know, what I mean, it, it shows a marked contrast. So Elizabeth marrying for love, love's got to succeed. So money needs to be pushed aside. The person that chooses money needs to be pushed out of the narrative for the love to kind of be the main outcome. And then that's Bingley Jane Elizabeth Darcy. So mm, mm. I think she's pivotal for, to push the marriage plot forward. And yeah, um, definitely. I, and that's why I think she's such a she's such an important character. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to add anything. To that. <laughs> um.
1: Well, let's face it. If Elizabeth didn't go to see charlotte then she wouldn't have bumped into mr darcy again if i've got that correct if my memory serves me right so if she hadn't actually made the decision to go see her because like we said earlier there's actually that moment of time when they don't speak to each other and there's and you don't actually hear from charlotte for a while elizabeth didn't make that decision to go see her then that relationship with mr darcy then Elizabeth's future could have been unknown it could have been a completely different path but no i completely understand about I completely agree even on what you said about money and how I think Austen shows uh, what I say in my dissertation uh, is that is like Austen shows how marriage was seen more of an uh, economic side it was all to do with the money and love was kind of pushed to the back burner and I think that is shown with Charlotte's relationship but I also think Austen shows that yes money still plays a role in it but it shouldn't be the pivotal uh, it shouldn't be at the forefront of that union.
0: Right, I think 100%. love is still
1: important, definitely. Yeah. So, no, I I agree. Yeah, no, absolutely, that's so true. Do you
0: want to chat about some of like the adaptations and how they like portray Charlotte? I think they do the book justice. Like her character really comes definitely. through in the adaptations. I think.
1: I will have to admit, I have only watched the. I am meaning to watch the BBC version of Pride and Prejudice. With, um, You've I not know watched the first one. I'm so sorry. I've watched that moment in the lake. Don't. My mum was like, "You need to watch it." When I like first ever <laughs> saw it, so I have. I know, shock horror. I am so sorry, Janeites. I'm so sorry, but I. That is something I'm meaning to watch. I have only watched the. Kieran Knightley version of Pride and Prejudice because I'm going to call out my dad here. He's obsessed with Kieran Knightley. So we watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Just for Kieran Knightley, really. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. It's one I... of my dad's favourite films. So yeah.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> that actually, that's the funniest thing ever. That's brilliant.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's how I watched it. I think the adaptation of Charlotte from what I've seen uh, only from that version I think it's very truthful to how she's seen in the book um, especially especially that moment um, when she accepts Mr Collins' proposal and it's when she's, it's something along the lines of she says to Elizabeth don't you dare judge me Lizzie yes uh, she when, repeats when,
0: that yeah when Elizabeth's on the swing mm. and she goes over to her yeah
1: mm.
0: I think Elizabeth is quite judgmental um mm. as a character anyway and she's quick to judge people um so yeah. i think i think like i said before is but it was probably a shock to elizabeth that charlotte did that because she was so convinced that they were on the same page but definitely um, i think charlotte really stands around there she's like you know don't judge me for this decision because we're although in time we'll be in the same situation at the moment i'm mm. far more advanced than, than you are and i need to yeah. be realistic and um Choose what's best for me.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that moment shows that Elizabeth, up until that time, she's been judging Mister Darcy. She's she's judging everything around her. She's judging her mother quite a lot of the time, and I think it shows that Charlotte has the guts. Like, yes, they are thick as thieves most of the time. Her and Elizabeth, but that moment when she's like, "Don't you dare judge me! You have no right to judge me!" because she doesn't, because she doesn't know her situation. Yes, they are in similar situations, but. She's not in Charlotte's shoes. And I think that moment really shows Charlotte to, you really get on, uh, you side with Charlotte personally for me there because Elizabeth is just throwing around critiques and she doesn't understand. And I think she needs to be put back on the right path. And I think Charlotte does that to her instead of right. getting high up into the clouds. So yeah, definitely. Right. And
0: I think um, Charlotte starts the catalyst for Elizabeth to have to reconsider who she's judged up Mm. until this point because like it's it's from that point she has to reconsider judging charlotte then she gets the letter from darcy realizes that she completely misjudged him Mm. and wickham's actually the the villain of the story (laughs) do you know what i mean it starts the castles where she's actually like um maybe i've completely misjudged people
1: yeah yeah and exactly is i think it's um it's the moment in the film when she has the letter and then i think charlotte then walks in (gasps) <gasps> right and, yeah and she's just like is everything okay <laughs> oh my gosh just yes. like, mr darcy's just left but i just love how she walks in and elizabeth's there reading the letter and she's like oh god like i've really messed up here like oh my, like all of this truth is spilling out over this letter and that letter is so significant to elizabeth and darcy's time. and then and then charlotte just walks in and she's like is everything all right she's like do we need a cup of tea like
0: I feel like symbolically that also just shows um, how Charlotte does push the storyline forward. Like she's always just kind of there and she helps things move to the path that they need to be on. Like you said, it's like Mr. Darcy's first proposal is when she's staying with um, Charlotte and Mr. Collins. So do you know yeah. what I mean? Like loads of really
1: important moments happen uh, when she's visiting them. It's being taken out of the home. I think she's so comfortable in the environment she's in and then she's taken and she stays with Charlotte and it's a new environment and even though she's with Charlotte so she has like that uh, family tether but it's, it's suddenly where all this truth is revealed and I think it's, I think Austen shows the importance of Lizzie not being at home when this truth is revealed. <gasps> right. I think it could have easily been done at uh, at Lombourne but I think uh, you would have had as you see later when Lady Catherine comes around, it's the whole family, everyone's like mashing together and it all gets really chaotic. I think it kind of shows Lizzie's vulnerability by taking her out of this setting and in all this truth to hit her, she then goes back home with a new perspective. And I think that's crucial to her journey. Mm. Oh my gosh. And then just thinking about that, I just had another
0: thought actually is, the novel starts with Charlotte, even though Charlotte's at home, she's in a state of like confusion, doesn't feel secure, it's all like that. And then it flips and Elizabeth is like that once Charlotte's secure in her home, runs her own house and she's very confident at that point. Elizabeth mm-hmm. sta- uh, is like put into a state of turmoil and confusion and she's like having to reevaluate everything. So it's so interesting how their roles kind of flip um, mm. because Charlotte um, Elizabeth very much like, in her zone when they're at yeah. um, Longbourn, and you know they're going to balls around there when they go to Neverfield, etc. And um, I think you definitely see her vulnerability, like when she's um, staying with Mister Collins and um, Charlotte, like when she goes to like Lady Catherine's and stuff. Like she's it's, it's, it's probably the most awkward times for Elizabeth, Gosh. like when they make up the yeah. piano and all of that. But Charlotte is just like steadfast, just you know, what I mean, doing her own mm. thing in a respective
1: member of that society. If anything, it's a complete switch yeah. from, from how it was previously because Charlotte was the one who's always nervous and she has that worry and everything said previously. And then there in front of Lady Catherine, she's just there and she's content and she's um, obviously she's a bit worried for Elizabeth. She's like, oh, gosh, she's going to have to go play the piano. But she's also like, I don't have that pressure anymore because I've got that comfort. Right. And then Lizzie's just there like, I can't play the piano. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> no it's so true I'd hate no. to be in that situation oh gosh I d- honestly reading that moment in the book I don't think I was like this I was like
0: I oh my gosh yeah ever. like
1: that. I that is the beauty God. of
0: being married though Once you're married you need to worry about that kind of thing nobody's going to press you to do anything you're you're your own mistress at that point
1: in- yeah definitely <laughs> I just and then like and then she's bless her Lizzie's trying so hard to play the bloody piano and then like Mr Darcy comes over and everyone creeping and I, over yeah and I just went I'm, I'm sorry can you just leave me alone because I'm really trying to play here and it's just like <laughs> Lizzie Caffin's just right there like can you help me out here and just leave me alone just for once
0: <laughs> I know it's so funny <laughs> oh my gosh I actually want to die and Lady Catherine going on about how how important music is to her and how she'd be like a proficient if she'd like learn and I'd be like oh my god I'm dying inside as I'm just like stumbling around trying to play yeah. the worst thing and ever you're
1: like you want me to play now after you've just said all of that
0: yeah, no pressure <laughs> okay should we wrap up with some final thoughts then uh um, yeah so let's do it I'd say um, that Charlotte's in, um, situation is understood but not accepted by the novel. But mm. I think um, in the realities of Regency England, um, it would have been a much more common scenario and even encouraged. So I feel yeah. like um, people probably could have related more to Charlotte. She was the norm. Elizabeth was the fantasy. I'd say. Um, yeah. And I think even Elizabeth, like I said before, comes to understand Char- Charlotte's choice. Um mm-hmm. And I feel like Charlotte is such a strong character. It's actually been so interesting to talk this through with you because talking it through has made me appreciate more of her strength. And she really does make it her own, doesn't she? And I
1: love that actually. She, she does. I think it could have been very easy for Austin to portray Charlotte's situation as a matter of convenience, and then she disappears. I think it could have been, but she shows that. I think. Uh, I think she shows with both Charlotte and and obviously with Elizabeth that it was possible to make marriage to make your own in the sense that it didn't have to be what society dictated once you were married. Obviously, you still had to conform to, especially with what Charlotte being married to Mr. Collins, she still had to, like, when they go out in public, be that person for him. But I think it still shows that um, you make marriage to suit yourself. And I also think it shows that marriage doesn't, doesn't need you to sacrifice your independence yes you might be constrained physically within the home setting but charlotte's independent mind doesn't go. you still have that um uh, freedom of mind and i think that is then reinforced with elizabeth when she sees charlotte i think elizabeth up until then is thinks that if you if you marry you lose that uh self in, like that independence and she sees Charlotte and she understands that marriage doesn't have to be such a constricting position. Um, right. And that changes for the better, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. Yeah, I totally agree as well. So um, mm-hmm. no, it's been great to like talk this out though. This is why I love doing these episodes because it's so fun to just like talk about a specific character or a topic or part of the book, et cetera. And mm-hmm. it's just really interesting no, exactly. to kind of yeah, delve into it. It's great. Um, yeah so... no, I've had
1: such a fun time so thank you for having me I'm <laughs> <laughs> so glad
0: so um, where can people find you then just so that they know
1: yeah so I'm I am mostly on Instagram at um, the g word is uh, my page I'm also on Facebook with the same username and I also um, have a Website with my blog on, which is on my Instagram page. There's a link tree link, which is probably the easiest way to find it instead of giving the whole link address over a podcast recording. But no, yes, absolutely., <laughs> no, my Instagram is probably the best place to go for all fun content and my life.
0: <laughs> I'll add kind of all your links um on my website underneath where this podcast will be, um so that people can you know just use those links as well and click and find you easily. So that's really great. Um, But yeah, we'll wrap it
1: up there. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.